And welcome to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. I am Scott Green, and I'm here with Jake Berry. And welcome, welcome back, Jake. Welcome uh, to our listeners. It's been a while. It's been, I think, since uh, August, since we dropped our last episode. But we're back in full force, getting ready for 2020. And Jake, how the hell are you? Scott, I'm doing great, buddy. Love this time of year where we got bowl games and stuff going on, but you know it doesn't feed the itch of uh, missing baseball right now. Got some mock drafts going, uh, you know, a little fantasy football. Just trying to bridge that gap until we get to baseball season. Yeah, it's been a pretty major mock season. I mean, we did our uh, two early MILB mock back in October, calling it Mocktober, and then I was fortunate enough to be part of uh, Eric Cross's prospect mock 480 that basically ran through November. And then uh, just recently, um, uh, Chris Welsh from Prospect One did a 2020 first-year player draft with 12 people, eight rounds, so there were 96. And then I was talking to one of our new contributors, Adam Tully, and Adam said, you know what, we should do a Prospects 1500 staff first-year player draft. So Surprise, surprise, we've got Adam on the line with us now. Adam organized our mock draft. We, um, I think we had 12 writers and 15 rounds, so we went about 180 deep. And uh, let's bring Adam on right now. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well, Scott. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to congratulate you on pronouncing my last name correctly. You're one of the first people ever first try to pronounce it the right way. So uh, kudos to you on that one. Well, thank you. I spent a lot of time in Syracuse, and one of my favorite restaurants out there is Tully's. So when I looked at your last name, I just figured that's what it was. Oh, yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, yeah, just to piggyback off of what Jake's saying, it's a fun time of year, you know. Uh, we got a bunch of mock drafts coming. Baseball season is is starting to ramp itself back up again. People are really getting back into the game, especially now that fantasy football's, uh, you know, it's winding down. Most Most places it ended really last week, so um yeah it's a fun time of year i was excited to get this uh mock draft up and going and i think we uh we did a good one all right um yeah before before we jump into that i just want to let people know where they can find uh, adam on twitter at uh adam capital t underscore prospects uh, adam what are you going to be doing uh for our website uh, i'm going to be mostly covering the texas league um i'm right now doing some preliminary research on uh you know, kind of just some predictions that I'm going to make, you know, MVPs, uh, pitcher of the year, kind of stuff like that. It's been a lot of fun looking into that. Uh, we'll be kind of, I guess you guys can expect a uh, article or some tweets series based on that. Uh, right now I'm finishing up our analysis of our uh, mock draft, and that's been a lot of fun. So I guess you guys can look out for that. Great. Awesome. And and Jake, um Excited to have you back on board uh, covering the Atlanta Braves farm system this year. Really excited to uh, check out your new top 50 prospects sometime later in January. And might you be coming back on our prospects of the week board? Can confirm. Can confirm. Right here live on the podcast. We'll be coming back for prospects of the week next year. So Awesome. J- just had another piece while we're you know talking about first-year player drafts. Just had another piece. Uh, drop the day after Christmas, uh, recapping Atlanta Braves uh, first year players in their 2019 season that was and 
kind of give you a, a, a eagle eagle eye view of, of where their draft stock stands right now and kind of where you should target those guys too. So check that one out at prospects1500.com as well. All right. Sounds good. Well, I guess we're at that point where we should jump into how we did on our mock draft. Um, and this was kind of a randomized order, right, Adam? Yeah, I, I plugged it into a randomizer just with all the guys in it. Um, just quit one click and I just went with it. It's uh, kind of funny how all the Jakes ended up at the top, but, you know. Yeah, three, <laughs> yeah. Out, of the, three out of the first four uh, plus you yes, were, yes. Were, were Jake. So, Adam, you landed the third pick. Did you get the guy you wanted with the third pick? You know, the third pick is a tough one in this draft. Um, I think ideally you want to be four or five in this draft. If, if you could pick, obviously you can't really do that because that top four or five is really solid. Um, you know, Jason Dominguez, Andrew Vaughn, Adley Rushman, CJ Abrams are the clear cut top four for me. And Bobby Wood Jr. is kind of like the four B to, to CJ Abrams. So really, um, I was happy with any of the top three. If Vaughn fell to me at three, if, Dominguez felt me at three. I would have been very happy. I'm obviously very happy to take Rutschman, super polished college hitter. So that's a, uh, it's exciting to add to a team. All right. And, and Jake, you had number two. So picking right before Adam, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing there was no question for you after Jacob Swain took uh, Jason Dominguez, number one, there was no doubt who your number two pick was going to be. Yeah, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And, and, I'm, I might even be somebody who takes Andrew Vaughn one overall. I just love the the bat and the profile that much. I think in this draft, he's easily the most complete hitter uh, available. But yeah, no, really no question for me there. Um, I think, you know, in the top three in this draft, um, you know, like Adam said, maybe CJ Abrams could pop up there for me too, a little higher. Uh, but I think the top three in this draft was relatively easy. Okay. So after uh, Rushman goes to Adam at number three, uh, Jake Weiner, uh, at Gator Sosa on Twitter, he went with Bobby Witt Jr., who, um, Adam, you just said was kind of like a, a, a 4A or 4B for you, was it? Yeah, I, I kind of have Witt as the 4B. Uh, I think between him and Abrams, I think Witt has kind of the more uh, superstar, you know, that like face to the franchise kind of upside where Abrams just has that super intriguing power speed profile. Um, I don't see Abrams really getting to a ton of power, but, you know, there's 80-grade speed all over him. So speed is pretty rare in, in our fantasy leagues, so we really got to pay for it. And that top four, top five kind of value is what you're going to need if you want Abrams. Exactly. All right. So before we go a little further, let me just quickly run through the, the 12 people we had involved in our draft um, and it was uh, Jacob Swain at one, Jake Barry at two, Adam Ewart at three, Jake uh, Weiner at four. Uh, fifth overall was Stoffer, um, who's our Marlins. Uh, let me, I'll say it, kind of kind of preface it this way. He's our Marlins contributor uh, on our website. Uh, Kyle uh, Brown, our new Pittsburgh Pirates contributor uh, in the sixth hole. Uh, Joe Drake was seventh. Uh, I had the number eight position. Uh, nine went to Bailey, and I'll preface this. The, uh, Bailey is a big uh, Florida State League um, fan and contributor to our site, which you could tell from some of his picks as well. Uh, Brian Woodward, 10th. 
uh, Jim Zeely 11 and Tony uh, BPS had the, the wheel at the back end uh, in the 12 hole. So um, heading back to fifth overall, this, I would think after the first four picks may have easily swung right into CJ Abrams, but we didn't get that from Stoffer. Uh, Adam, where did he go? Uh, Stoffer, as, as you prefaced being the uh, Marlins contributor, he went with uh, his homeboy, uh, JJ Blade, which uh, obviously don't love the value of five, but you know, he's a special talent. He's got a great bat. Uh, he didn't debut super well, but you know, he's a special bat. He was the most dominant college hitter in the draft I last year. So. I think I had seven or eight in the prospect one um, draft and I got Blade at that position. And I was thinking that was a nice, a nice spot. I think it was eighth uh, out of 12. Um, five may be a little bit high, but you know, a lot of people love the bat. So, you know, you like your guy, you take your guy in one of these mocks. Um, I love where Kyle got, C.J. Abrams at sixth overall. Uh, uh, I think Jake was saying he could have been up, you know, in the top three. So. Yeah, I think so. And and you know, I'll I'll defend Stoffer a little bit too here. Blade might have been a little bit high for me, but you know, some guys value the SEC pedigree over uh you know the eighteen year old fresh out of high school yeah. speaker guy too. So that might have come into play there. Not not would have been the move that I would have made, but you know, something to consider. Yeah. And then the, the rest of the first round, you know, I'll, I'll mention the names and then you guys, uh, I'll throw it out to you to make some comments. Uh, Joe went Eric Pena of the Royals, uh, seventh. Uh, I took Riley Green, my namesake, uh, eighth. Uh, Bailey went Greg Jones, Tampa Bay Rays shortstop prospect, ninth. Uh, Brett Beatty, the third baseman, Mets, went to Brian Hunter Bishop fell to 11th uh, to Jim, and then uh, Tony took Bryson Stott from the Phillies to finish out the first round. Yeah, Scott, I was going to ask you if uh, if Riley, if your Riley Green pick was strictly on name alone. I think so. <laughs> no, he's. I mean, he's a good. Uh, he's a good hitter. You know, probably. I think reports on him were that he was one of the better prep bats. You know, coming out and. And, uh, you know, he's got the good athletic frame, too. So maybe uh, a little bit of seasoning in the Tigers organization. And, you know, I think that's that's not a terrible pick right there. I think it's good value. Eighth overall. I did get to see him in Norwich, Connecticut this past summer. Uh, one game uh, before he actually got called up to uh, a ball. And, you know, it just looked like uh, he was going to be a star. I didn't I didn't see. Um, you know, a four for five ball game, uh, but he made some nice plays in the field, had a nice swing. Uh, same game, I actually got to see Adley Rushman catch. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's two of our top eight picks in our in our mock draft. Um, Adam, anything uh, you want to mention about Pena or Jones, Beatty, Bishop or Stott? You know, Eric Pena is one of those hot names right now. Seventh overall. I, I like the pick a lot, but, you know, he's he's just one of those hot names right now. If you if you really want Eric Pena, you're going to have to pay a premium price for him. You know, I, I love the hit tool. I love the frame. You know, I love the swing with that the helicopter follow-through that seems to be coming along. Um, he's a super exciting player. If, if you want to roster this guy, you're going to have to take him pretty high. Yeah, 
Adam, I think you're right there. I think maybe in this first round, nobody's got higher stock right now than than Eric Pena. I think he might be the most most hyped guy we've got right now. That's just my opinion. Uh, my question for you guys though is, you know, one guy that I really like in this in this first round here is Brett Batty, um, and I'm kind of curious if you guys think there's another hitter uh, as I kind of look through here that might have more raw power than him. I think he might be he might have the most raw power of anybody that got taken in the first round right here. I think I you're I think you're onto something there, Jake. He's he's uh, he's definitely up there. I think of a guy in the Rangers organization who. Uh, it was an international signing that has some major raw power. I'm trying to see where he went in our draft. Oh, yeah, like the end of the second round. It will be getting to him. Um, guy by the name of Laura. Uh, I, I see huge power with him. But, uh, yeah, Batty's right up there. Absolutely. So let's move on to the second round. We'll go through a few rounds here and then kind of – take an overall look at at the teams uh, after we get through the first few rounds. Um, so after Tony took Stott with his first pick, he also went shortstop with uh, Robert Poisson from the A's with his uh, first pick of the second round there. Um, thoughts on that, guys? You know, uh, Poisson's pretty interesting. He's a really long and lanky uh, middle infielder. He's, uh, he's got the body to get some projection. He's got a great smooth swing. It's it's got a it's a little long at the moment. Obviously, he's a super long lever guy, which is exciting because it means room for growth. But uh, he's another one of these international guys that if you want him, you're gonna have to pay a, a pretty big price for him. Um, I'd say 13 overall for Poisson is pretty good value. I've seen him going higher than. Jones than Stott in terms of shortstops in these first-year player drafts. So uh, it's pretty interesting to see him fall this low. That being said, with him, you're obviously going to have to play the long game um, and just hope that he can reach his upside. If not, then you're looking at a guy who has a chance to, you know, never make it up to double A. But that being said, I don't think that's the future for him. I think yeah. he has a huge upside and he has great glove, great bat. It's it's a intriguing profile for sure. I tend to agree with you there, Adam. Um, I've seen him a lot higher in first-year player draft mocks. Uh, so 13th overall, I think, is really good value for him. Um, the next few, uh, Jim is at ZBaseball86. Jim took uh, Braden Shoemake. Uh, did I pronounce that right, Jake? Correct, yep. All right, Braden Shoemake of the Braves uh, went 14th. 15th was Nick Lodolo from the Reds. Uh, 16th, this is one I'll have trouble saying, it's uh, Yoshitomo Tsutsugu. Tsutsugo. Tsutsugo. That's close. All right, I did my best. So that's another Rays uh, prospect for Bailey. And then it got back to me with number 17 overall. I didn't think that there was really any uh, question of who I had to take here after the last few picks before Mm -hmm. me. And I went with Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a steal that round right there. Absolutely a steal. Corbin Carroll is a is first round talent for sure. I uh, I wish I could have picked him between your first and second picks because I I just kept seeing Carroll fall and I just I just knew he was getting to you, so it was tough to see. 
You know, I know yeah. that he's definitely first round talent in some other first year player draft mocks that I've I've looked at and that I've been part of. So, you know, I when he fell that far, I was really surprised. I mean, I thought he'd kind of go right after I took Green in the first round. Yeah, I don't know if this is you know, I'm just looking back at our draft order here and I don't know if this is necessarily a a hot take or anything like that, but going from 17, we had a run on Carroll, Kirby, Jung, Hosey, Espino. I mean, I like that that core of five players maybe better than than the group that we got above it in Sutsugo, Lodolo, Shoemake, Poisson, and Stott, to be honest with you. That's interesting little run right there. Um, I, do want, I do want to go back and say one thing on that run of shortstops we had at the end of the first, start yeah. of the second round there. Yeah. Um, Bryson Stott is a guy that I'm not terribly high on. Uh, Tony, our Phillies guy, was the one who drafted him. I think that run of those three shortstops right there, personally, it goes Poisson, Shoemake. Uh, and then for me, Stott's, Stott's not even really in the, in the same, same level as those guys right there. I uh, wanted to throw that in. Um, obviously, Scott, you know, your, your Carroll pick right there, I think, was the steal of the second round. And then I think maybe uh, Sutsugo might have been, been a little high. He wasn't, he wasn't anywhere near uh, 16 on my board, personally. Maybe the, the proximity has something to do with it. Maybe if you're on a competing team and, you know, he'll, he'll be on the fast track to Tampa, you know, obviously. Uh, he'll be there in the majors before any of these other guys. But, uh, you know, it's more of a question of the talent and uh, the longevity that you're going to get out of him if you're in one of these deep dynasty leagues that we're in. And you know what? You make a great point, Jake, with uh, the picks that followed up my Carroll pick with George Kirby from the Mariners, Josh Young, the Rangers, Cody Hosey from the Dodgers. Uh, you can argue that all of them are first rounders, maybe even, uh, you know, with Espino taken after that. Um, I really like that comment that you made. Those are great falls for all of the people that got them. Joe getting Kirby, Kyle getting Young, uh, Stoffer with Cody Hosey, and then uh, Jake Weiner takes Daniel Espino. Um, finishing off the second round, uh, Adam, you went with Luis Rodriguez, outfielder for the Dodgers. Uh, Jake, you went with Alec Manoa from the Blue Jays. And finishing off the round was Bayron Laura, who I had mentioned a couple minutes back. Uh, his big power outfield prospect international signing for uh, Jacob Swain. So his first two picks were international signings, Jason Dominguez and Bayron Laura. Yeah, it's a pretty good one-two punch, if you ask me. My uh, just to put in my Manoa pick right here. That was I saw him pitch in person uh, at Georgia Tech down the road from me uh, at the beginning of this this college season, um, and I really just love the presence on the mound. You know, obviously there's no question about the stuff. Um, big dude, you know, big physical, imposing guy on the mound. Um, maybe looking back at it, I might not have gone as high on Manoa. I guess it would depend on. Um, you know, proximity and where my team stands currently. Also, maybe some of the other pitchers going around him because I think there's a there's a pretty good tier of of arms there and then and then a little bit of a drop off. So, you know, that one was one of those, hey, I've got live looks on this guy. I know exactly what I'm getting. Let's go ahead and snag him right here. Nice. I like that. Adam, anything you want to mention about uh, these last picks in the second round? For sure. Uh, first of all, on Alec Manoa, I think getting him as the fourth pitcher selected is is pretty great you know he's got huge fastball big big break and stuff so taking Sweet. him as a adam proves it's a good pick adam proves yeah absolutely <laughs> um luis rodriguez that's that's who i selected 22 overall 
Um, he's getting a lot of hype right now, too. He's one of those international guys that's getting that helium treatment. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in his uh, hit tool and his power projections. So hoping that pick pans out. Uh, Byron Lohr is another guy that's super interesting. You know, he's a giant 16-year-old. I can't imagine being that big as a 16-year-old, even knowing what to do with my body. But uh, he manages to make pretty consistent contact. And uh, usually with those big guys, you don't see that at a young age. So it's pretty exciting seeing that much raw power with not the huge, huge question mark on the hit tool. So we'll see where, where Byron Laura goes. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Uh, let's run through third round before we take a look at the teams overall. And then, and then we'll kind of try and wrap up this uh, chat about our mock. So, Jacob Swain, uh, after his Laura pick, wheels around and takes Peyton Burdick from the Marlins uh, to start off the third round, and that's 25th overall. Um, Jake, you went with uh, your Braves uh, catcher prospect, Shea Langoliers, 26th overall, and then Adam, uh, another international prospect with some helium, I'd have to say at this point. I've seen him being drafted higher and higher in these mock drafts. Uh, Maximo Acosta, shortstop for the Rangers. Let's just uh, touch on those first few picks before we move on uh, into the rest of the round. Well, uh, you know, Burdick is a pretty exciting player. Uh, he's He's got, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the videos of him like deadlifting and all that stuff on Twitter, but this guy's massive. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, that Tyler O'Neill type of appearance where, He's got that crazy power look, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that if he puts it all together, he's going to be an exciting player. He's got some decent speed. He's he's obviously got some pop with that body. Um, you know, he's a pretty big upside guy, and I think 25 overall is a little bit of a reach for him, but as we said earlier in the podcast, if if you want these guys, you got to reach for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're getting a guy you like, then you should be happy with your pick. So I kind of ran into that question I when I was selecting. 27th overall yeah at a I had a little debate going between Maximo Acosta and a guy that fell way too far in my opinion which was Hudson Head but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute all right and Jake I know you got the guy you wanted in the third round yeah a guy I didn't really honestly expect to be there uh that late um especially since I think there's you know I talk about tears all the time that's that's kind of well, we talk about it, prospects 1500, but you know, for me, it's, it's Rutschman is very clearly the number one Langoliers is very clearly the number two. And then I think you don't really know what you're getting a catcher after that. That's just, you know, my two cents on the position there. And I was going to ask you after Langoliers, who would be your next one or two catchers in a first year player draft? We actually have one coming up at the end of the third round. I was wondering if, if he was going to be uh, one of, one of the next catchers you would think would be off the board. Um, we, we can get to that in a minute. So after Adam went with Acosta, then we're at, uh, let's see, 25, 28th overall is uh, Cameron Misner of the, uh, the the Marlins. Is it Meisner or Misner? Do you guys know for sure? I think it's uh, mine. So we'll go there. Stoffer goes Matthew Walner for the Twins. Kyle goes Michael Toglia of the Rockies. Joe, I think it's a nice little steal here in the middle of the third round with Jackson Rutledge from the Nationals. And then I went with Hudson Head, uh, outfielder for the Padres, Quinn Priester to Bailey, Brennan Malone, 
to Brian. Corey Lee is the catcher I was talking about. Uh, Jim took him. And then finishing off the third round, Tony went with uh, Keone Cavaco of the Twins. So there we go. Corey Lee is the catcher that uh, I was thinking might be the next one on your board, Jake. Um, I love my head pick where I got him. I, like I said, I like Rutledge where Joe got him. Walner may be a little high for me, but uh, is a great outfield prospect for the Twins, and Stoffer wanted him, and he took him there. I, I like where Misner also went to Jake. Yeah, agreed. So, Scott, why don't you tell us about your Hudson head pick? Because I think that was... I think that was probably one of the better gets, too. I'm starting to notice a theme here of you uh, you getting a lot of value on your picks with these guys. Well, I didn't plan on going three outfielders in a row for when my first three picks. Um, but when Carroll fell to me in the second and I couldn't pass him up, Head was another that seemed to me, as I'm looking back at the other mock drafts that I was watching and one that I had participated in, Head was getting a lot of uh, love from folks in the industry. I had seen him go as high as, you know, towards the end of the second round, which I thought was a little bit high. Um, and kind of looking at best overall for me, uh, not being a pitcher, because I was going to wait a little bit on pitching. I just figured that this was where I was going to take him. He definitely was not going to make it back to me nine picks later uh, in the fourth round. So that's why I figured I'd grab him there. Yeah, smart. Yeah, uh, you know, that's kind of what I was trying to touch on with my selection of Acosta. I was really debating between Head and Acosta for that spot. And, you know, I, I'm a sucker for, you know, dreaming on the upside of these young kids. So I, uh, I just had to go with Acosta. He's getting rave reviews from the Rangers organization. He's got the helium factor right now for sure. Getting, you know, Glaber Torres comps. He's a great athlete. It's an exciting profile, and I just didn't want to miss on him. So that's my – it's probably a reach at 27, but I just had to do it. Well, Adam, I love the reach at 27 because he was a, he was a kid that I was hoping I would land somehow in this draft. Um, he was on – you know, he was in the top of my board, and if you didn't take him 27th, if he was there for me at 32nd, I was going with Acosta. So, I mean, maybe we could just, you want to trade head for Acosta? <laughs> I don't know if I want to trade. I'm trusting my gut here. Okay. All right. Um, Worth a shot. Yeah, I figured. You know, <laughs> what the heck. One other pick I really like here is Brennan Malone towards the end of the third for uh, Brian Woodward. Uh, Brian on Twitter, at Coach Barbaroja, if you guys want to follow him. I, I like the Nick Lodolo, Brennan Malone, back-to-back -back picks for him. Uh, pretty strong uh, start to his pitching staff. So, so we've run through 36 picks. We're not going to run through all 180, but what I'd like to do to kind of wrap up our discussion here of our of our prospects 1500 first year player draft is let's take a look at one or two of our favorite picks from each team um, from fourth round on. Um, and I'll start with uh, one that I'm looking at. Uh, where is it? Um, Kyle, who had the sixth, Kyle was in the sixth overall pick. So he's kind of picking towards the middle of each round. 
I love his fourth and fifth round picks more than any, really, of the rest of his draft with Brenton Doyle of the Rockies and Bryce Ball of the Braves. Um, Doyle had an outstanding, crazy debut um, in, um, in short season ball for the Rockies. And I know that uh, Ball, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, he's another big power guy on the Braves. Yeah, easily, no matter where he goes, unless he's playing against Aaron Judge, he's going to be the biggest guy on the baseball field. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I was on uh, I was on vacation in Asheville, North Carolina, just to touch on ball real quick. Uh, and Rome, you know, my local team here, Rome, happened to be on the road playing in Asheville. So we were going to go catch that game. And uh, I was wondering who the 6-7 guy was walking around the field, and he happened to get promoted to, to Rome that night when we were in Asheville. So that was pretty cool to see his, uh, his single-A debut there. And, you know, of course, he did what he does best. He, he started off his single-A career rocking a double off the, the right center wall. So that was a nice little surprise for us up there. Yeah. Huge power. I mean, that's what he's going to do. You know, he's, he feasted on – he comes from a pretty good program at Dallas Baptist. Feasted on, uh, on lower-level pitching this year. Um, as he moved up, you know, he started out hot with like – it was something like 15 home runs and, and 20 games or something like that. You know, something ridiculous that won't be repeatable. Um, and that's, that's how he got everybody's attention. You know, there's not many late 20-round picks that are all of a sudden jumping into to top 100 uh, first-year player drafts. But he's definitely going to be one of them. His stock's high. If you're okay with the, uh, you know, he's got a pretty good hit tool too. But if you're okay with mainly just power first base profile, then he's definitely your guy. All right. I'm going to put you two guys on the spot right now. Adam, right off the bat, I want you to tell me who your uh, two favorite picks, fourth round on for Jake were. And then, Jake, I'm going to ask you to do the same for Adam. So I, I have to look at Jake's team is what you're saying? Yes, correct. <laughs> All right. Fourth so, round on on the spot. So just uh, so I can preface this here, Jake, as we uh, went through, started off his draft with Andrew Vaughn, Alec Manoa, Shea Langoliers. And you can t- kind of take it from there. Um, two favorite picks for his after the you know, fourth round and on. You know, uh, uh, one guy that, that Jake took that I definitely had pretty – much higher on my draft board than he ended up going was uh, Seth Gray of the Twins. Uh, pretty interesting bat there. Um, definitely, if he's fallen into the 12th round, you should absolutely grab this guy. Um, I've seen him go in a, much higher than that. I've seen him go in the mock drafts that are happening before ours, and all those drafts are, you know, I think the biggest one I've seen is eight rounds or so. So if you see him falling past even the sixth, seventh round, I think that's a great get, Seth Gray. Um, I also really like his selection of Josh Smith of the Yankees. I think it was a little early, but, um, as we keep saying, if you want your guys, you got to go get them. And Josh Smith is one of those intriguing players for sure. So it's, it's, uh, the balance of trying to figure out when you got to get guys. And if you really want them, you got to pay for them. Yeah. Jake, how about you? Let's see here. I need to get Adam's team in front of me. I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> uh, while you just prepare for the question, I'll just say uh, one other thing on uh, on Josh Smith. Uh, what round did he get him in there, Adam? He was in the, in the fifth round. So in the prospect one mock that I did, there were 12 of us, uh, eight rounds. I landed uh, – oh, by the way, Jake, you, I took Shea Langoliers in the third round there. 
I got I got Ball in the fifth round, um, and I got Josh Smith in the seventh round there. So I think I got great value there for yeah, Smith if you like him fourth. Um, so Jake, you ready for uh, Adam's picks there? Yeah, um, you know I think Adam and I kind of have a different uh, different approach to a lot of these first year player drafts. You know I think he went with a lot of international guys, and I tend to go with a lot of uh, you know college players and and players that I've I've actually got more readily accessible tape to. But uh, you know I was hoping that Adam could tell us a little bit more about uh, Benjamin Bailey because I've heard read few reports. Uh, mainly I like to look up the guys that are coming up that have the potential to be in the South Atlantic League in the future. Um, outfielder for the White Sox. I was hoping he could give us a little bit more detail on him because I'm hoping to see him uh, in Kannapolis soon. You know, uh, Bailey is one of those guys that there's not a whole lot out there on him. Uh, he's he's kind of a unique situation where he was in the 2019 international class and he also debuted this year. So kind of a unique situation there. Uh, he is pretty much a monster. Um, he Looked huge on the field every every time I saw him in video. Um, I think he was just way more physically mature than his opposition, but that's okay. If you look at his stats, I think it's worth taking a chance on him. I don't have him in front of me right now, but I think I want to say it was something like less than 150 at-bats, or no, not quite that, less than 200 at-bats and something like 50 walks. So this guy's walking at a crazy rate. He was striking out at a even lower rate. I want to say he had something like 50 walks to 25 Ks, which is a super, you know, desirable thing for prospects as we see him get up there. Cause we're starting to see this, this uh, rise of hit tool prospects where instead of saying, Oh, he has the power. Let's see if he can develop a hit tool. We're saying, okay, he has this ability to make contact with the ball. Let's see if he can develop the power. And Bailey, you know, I, I took a chance on him. I Honestly, I can say I didn't know much about him, but he's a big body guy. He appears to have a good hit tool based on his statistics. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of betting on the upside. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's really what catches my eye when I'm trying to identify these guys I'm going to be seeing in 2020. I mean, you nailed those stats. The guy slashed 322, 475, 454 in the DSL last year. Yeah, 51 walks and 183 at-bats. I don't have plate appearances in front of me. But, yeah, definitely a guy I'll keep an eye on. Just 17. I'm, I'm not sure if he'll be up uh, up in single A in 2020, but I'll have him on my radar for sure. I'm glad you picked him there because really a name I wasn't too familiar with, to be honest with you. Um, maybe the other guy I'd go with is one that both of you are probably pretty familiar with. Uh, going to look a little higher. I was trying to look deep and see what, what I like deep because we've, we've touched on the upper round so much. I was trying to show some of these lower guys some love, but I think I'm just going to have to go back up to a name that I know fairly well. And that's Matthew Lugo that uh, Adam snagged in the sixth round there. Um, you know, Red Sox. So Scott, you're probably pretty familiar with him too. I think uh, from what I read about him, it sounds like he's got a, a projectable frame, maybe a little bit raw, um, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, untapped power too, to the bat there. I was hoping uh, you guys could tell us a little bit more about him too. Yeah. What you, what you said about Lugo is, right on uh, some projectable power. I, I'm, I think I'm going to have a chance to see him um, whether it's uh, in short season ball uh, this year or in, uh, in a ball 
for for Boston. Uh, you know, where is he going uh, at shortstop in the next few years with Bogarts? I'm not going to worry about that yet because he's still young. And um, you know what? I'm still trying to figure out with Ben Wilson where he's going to be slotted in our Sox top 50, but certainly somewhere up in that top uh, 10, 15 range, uh, if not higher. Oh, really? Wow. Probably, probably somewhere in 10 to 15, I'm thinking, um, but uh, we're still working on that. Um, so, you know what, with, for the sake of time, instead of running through every team here and picking our favorites, I'm just going to ask you guys one more question. Pick out, and I've got one also that I want to point out, pick out one player that you thought was a great, great pick, maybe a steal somewhere in the the back third of the draft that some of our listeners and, and dynasty league players uh, should know about if they're searching for that next diamond in the rough. Hmm. I um, guess, yeah. uh, Adam, you start, Jake, we'll go to you. I'll finish off. All right. Let me just make sure I got my guy here just to uh, make sure I'm giving our listeners the best my best opinion here rather than my rushed opinion. Um, yeah, not, I'd say not so. Not putting on the spot. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get I, it. It's good. I can go ahead and go if you guys are all right with that because I, I know exactly who I was going to go with here. And, and sure. again, it's it's because it's a guy I've seen firsthand. And, Scott, I'm not suck, sucking up here. It's it's one of your picks. But uh, it's uh, it's Tristan English, you know, guy that, that I saw play. play for, uh, my- what's that? I said, how dare you do that to me? That was my guy, too. <laughs> oh, no. Pick another one of my guys, Adam, if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tristan English, who, who I got to see a lot of while he was at Georgia Tech. I mean, he was two-way player at the time. It uh, doesn't look like that's what he's going to be. I don't know. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong there. But, you know, he had a he had a pretty good heater-slider uh, combo when he was on the mound. But he could also swing it pretty well, too. So um, a guy that, you know, I don't think really had a whole lot of uh, – you know, top coming out around him as, as he was coming into the draft. But I think that that was a nice one, a nice pickup by the uh, Diamondbacks. And then two, a nice, a nice little value here for Scott again in the uh, 12th round of this first year player draft. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if you could call this back third or not. I guess he went in. I'm trying to see what round because it's towards the middle. That's all right. Uh, yeah, back third, technically. All right. So. My guy for this is going to be Yolbert Sanchez. Um, he went in, in the 11th. Yeah, the 11th round. Uh, Jake took him. Uh, this guy, he's he's another one of those interesting uh, international guys, like the unique situation where uh, he's a little bit older. He is already playing. And he, he's he's shown that he's a pretty good player. You know, he's, he's pretty much locked in to be a pretty solid defender. He has some plus speed on him. He... We're hoping he can develop the offensive tools a little more before he gets to the bigs, hopefully. Um, but in the 11th round, if you're getting a guy who already has big league upside, that is a great get, in my opinion. Another thing that I could say about Jake's selection right above Yolbert Sanchez, he took Noah Song in the round previous, where his situation is probably the most unique out of any prospect we've seen in a long time, where his value is still there, even though we know he's going to be gone for a couple of years. He's not going to 
be throwing against other teams for a couple of years. And this guy's stuff and his profile is just so good that people are still in on him. So if you can get this guy late and you're in a position where you can just have a guy and let him sit for a couple of years, why not? You know, he's, he's an, an exciting pitcher. He's got great fastball, great breaking stuff. He comes back in a couple of years and he's just as good as we expect him to, then it's a great get this late. Yeah. And you know what? Noah Song was the guy that I was going to point out. Um, so I'll have to pick someone else. But uh, speaking of Song, just a few weeks before he was chosen here by uh, Jake Weiner, uh, 11th round, in the 2020 Prospect One mock draft I did, he went in the fifth round just a few weeks earlier um, before the flight school decision had had come down. So I was really interested to see how far he dropped. Um, you know, it's definitely a big question. Uh, out of the game for two years now will have stalled his career. And the question for me is, and I'm trying to not be biased here as a Red Sox fan, you know, who knows if he will come back to that form having not played the game for two years. Um, so he could be a steal that late. But I hate to say, could also be a wasted pick. I hope not, but you know, I hope for the former. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's a little bit of a lottery ticket there, but you know, like Adam said, if you know the people that read our site are majority of them are in deep, deep dynasty league, so it's definitely worth a flyer. You're right, Scott. I don't know. Even in what round did he go in here? Eleventh uh, round here, like 117 overall. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's about right. You know, I, I think I'd be okay with taking him there. Hey, Scott, can I do one more real quick? You can do one more, then I have one, and then we can wrap up. Okay, one I wanted to point out in the 14th round was uh, Cody Freeman. Uh, he's in the in the Rangers system. Uh, he's got a little bit of a different profile than what I typically try to target. You know, he's uh, there's not much raw power there, I don't think. Uh, more of a contact hitter. Um, but he's got a lot of frame to grow into there. He's, he's still got some room to add some weight. Uh, he's relatively young, so uh, just 18 years old right now. So I think he could be a guy. Uh, Jim got him 158th overall. You know, I think that that's a pretty good spot to take a flyer on a guy like Cody Freeman, who's already got uh, above average on the base paths. And what really stands out about Cody Freeman in reports is his ability to, uh, to read the strike zone. You know, he's got a great eye and great approach at the plate. Um, and a lot of times drawing those walks, getting on base and, and maybe having the potential to be smart on the base paths is, uh, you know, I think the 14th round is the perfect time to try and find value like that and kind of fill those holes in our Roto leagues. I think Cody Freeman's a good guy for something like that. Sounds good. Yeah. And the one I have was only two picks after um, uh, Jake took uh, Yolbert Sanchez in the, uh, was that 11th round? Um, song was in the 10th round, by the way, 10th round, 117th overall. Yulbert Sanchez was uh, Jake's 11th round pick. And then two picks later, Kyle um, at uh, C-A-V-H-T looking. It's like caught looking, but with a V instead of a U. Kyle took Elijah Tatis, shortstop for the White Sox. You might know the name. Um, another Tatis rookie of the year candidate uh, also came from the White Sox organization before he was traded away for one of the best pitchers in the game, big game, James Shields. Um, Elijah Tatis, not a lot of uh, numbers for us to look at yet. Only 25 games in like a Dominican summer league debut after he was signed. But uh, Tatis is the name that we all know 
And uh, I like that pick for him in the 11th round. Uh, I like the guy who went right before him, too. If you if you guys don't know much about Jeter Heredia, check that guy out. He's got a got a nice swing and creates some good good loft. So he's he's another good flyer late late round. All right, sounds good. Well, guys, it's been uh, it's been a great uh, time talking about these first year player draft uh, muck, uh, the players that we've chosen. Uh, spend a little time here as we are getting ready for uh, our top fifty prospects. Uh, month of January coming up uh, this this week. Uh, I thank you for for taking the time out. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam T underscore prospects. You can find Jake Berry, my partner in crime here on Futures Focus at Berry's underscore baseball. I'm Scott Green at Scotty underscore ball game. And we will be back uh, to wrap up this episode of Futures Focus right after this. And welcome back to Futures Focus, Prospects 1500 podcast. I'm Scott Green along with Jake Berry, and we really want to thank Adam Tully for joining us to recap our Prospects 1500 first-year mock draft and some great analysis. A couple uh, takes on your part, Jake. What do you think of that? Uh, he did a great job. Yeah, first and foremost, just you know, thanks to Adam for putting that together. And, and you know, I got I to gotta admit I learned a lot, too, you know, Practices like that are very beneficial going into uh, into our dynasty leagues, especially with, you know, I'm more of a, a, a college bat kind of guy when I'm scouting players for my first year player draft. You know, I think Adam kind of had a different strategy than me. He, he went with some of the J2 guys. So, you know, it's a learning experience. And I think it just goes to show how crucial uh, doing these mocks and then, you know, talking about these mocks after the fact can really be. So, you know, big shout out to Adam and uh, good learning experience for, for myself, too. You know what I think is uh, exciting for me is to see where a lot of these first-year player prospects are going to wind up in all of our website top 50 columns that are going to be happening in January. You know, some of these guys might be tier one, tier two guys, whether they're you know college bats or high school bats or or um, even like you said, the J2 guys. Uh, that's going to be interesting to me to see where these young young players end up on the rankings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's always good a good signing class, and uh, you know, it's a little more competitive now too. So, yeah, that'll definitely be something to keep an eye out on. We don't really have a uh, a first year player draft ranking on the site anywhere, do we, Scott? We don't. We have our the last time we did an overall prospects ranking was uh, just a couple months ago back in October uh, I think we had uh, 172 prospects uh, ranked overall which did include some first year players yeah um, and now in January we'll be doing top 50s from every organization but not a specific first year player after ranking so I would really just go uh, by looking at our mock results right yeah and just go in, yeah, like you said, dig into those top 50s. That's Plus, you get blurbs about each one of the players, too, so that's definitely a spot to go. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've got these top 50s coming up, uh, a new one every day, all month long. 
things will be kicked off with the Tigers, the Orioles, the Marlins, and the Royals in our first week. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that you and I can get some of our writers on to talk about their lists uh, as we go along here. Yeah, absolutely. Some some very interesting systems and, you know, some much improved systems, too, over the last couple of years that we've got coming up, leading things off. While the, the MLB teams might not be the most exciting, you know, in the in the first week of January, there's definitely some exciting systems that we can talk about. All right. So, Jake, why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find you, what you've got going on for uh, the beginning of the new year? Yeah, at Barry's underscore baseball on Twitter. Uh, I just posted my I call it my content schedule for 2020 um, kind of keeping everybody in the loop with what I'm doing um, we're gonna do a new daily ish I'm calling it daily ish Braves baseball podcast brief 10 minute uh, hit where I'm just gonna recap the the day that was in Braves MILB the day before so Braves fans give me a follow there uh, prospects of the week you know coming out weekly at prospects 1500 once we get the the season rolling and then you know of course my uh, monthly, maybe two times a month or so uh, Braves fantasy article that's coming out at prospects 1500 too. So yeah, a lot of exciting stuff in 2020 looking to up the content that I put out uh, in my, my involvement in the site um, and especially, you know, the engagement on Twitter. That's what I want. You know, like I said, uh, talking with Adam and, and, you know, figuring out his strategy on, on fantasy and things like that. You know, that's why I'm on Twitter is to talk with, with fantasy players and kick some ideas around and, and, you know, maybe even debate a little bit. So, Find maybe, me on Twitter and let's talk. Maybe to even you. trade some baseball cards too. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, I got a sweet one coming in the mail too. I got a, I got a post, got an eBay score the other day. So awesome! I can't wait to see that. Yep. So um, you can find me on Twitter at Scotty underscore Ball Game. Uh, I will be uh, definitely uh, making comments on all of our our top fifty rankings. One thing I do want to promote is an article uh, just published recently, and that's our entire prospects 1500 teams new year's wishes uh, every single one of our writers uh, submitted what they thought would be an amazing wish for their minor league organization or some of their favorite prospects so you can find that uh, on the website right now and uh, we're going to look forward to uh, scheduling some of our writers to come on and talk uh, top 50s so that's that's where i am and thanks jake for joining me as always and uh, we look forward to an awesome 2020. Absolutely. Always fun. Thanks, Scott. All right. Thank you, Jake. Uh, we will be back next time on the next edition of Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs>